the culture has found itself in a frenzy. On one side, do you take the big check? Do you take the biggest dollars you can? Or do you take your influence, your power, and give it back to your own culture? What is the true black luxury? Black culture has no luxury brands. That's what that's what he's trying to tell us. That's the first piece of wisdom. He's saying black culture ain't got no luxury brand. And so because there's no luxury brand, because you can't go global, because you can't mass distribute, I want no parts of you. That's what I'm hearing. I want no parts of black culture. (laughs) I want no parts of it if I can't get a big check. If I can't get the biggest check out there, I don't want no parts of black culture because it's all for the check. It has nothing to do with the strength of what we're building. That being said, people should be compensated. There should be some type of equity. There should be something that we're considering as providing good value. So. Dapper Dan isn't wrong there. You know, pay me. But you mean to tell me, after all these years, after all this time, black culture has no luxury brands. I beg to differ. If you are a luxury brand, I want you to contact me. I want to know all black luxury brands. I want to sit down and talk to you one-on-one, me and you. You mean to tell me there's not one luxury black brand in America? That's what you're saying, Dapper Dan? Come, Dap. Dapper Dan. Dan Dapper. You're telling me there's not one luxury black brand in America? I, I, I can't accept it. It's not physically possible. I need to know who you are. So I, with all the amount of people who listen to this podcast, instead of me doing the research this time, instead of me going to find where the luxury black brands are, contact me. Contact me and let me know who the black luxury brands are. Because Don Dapper... Uh, Dan, whatever the man's name is, no disrespect. No disrespect, but are you kidding me? Dapper Dan is telling me there's no black luxury brands. If you're a black luxury brand, we want to feature you on black equity. The second piece of wisdom from the Dapper Dan conversation with the Breakfast Club I found this very striking because I've noticed this within really black social media and and black culture. This is what I've noticed. Now, if you haven't noticed this, then 
you know, I, I apologize. But I've noticed that people will will build these worlds and these tribes and they'll be talking about money, 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 money. We're going to get this money. We're going to get this money. And then everything around them is actually crumbling. So there's these these 10 people who make all the money. <laughs> they make all their money. It, it's they're running they're running black Twitter like it's like it's the streets. And so 10 people make all the money. They look out for each other. They 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 got each other's back. And then when you actually go talk to other people within the community and you say, hey, how are things going with you? Everything is falling apart in their life. That's what Dr. Dan is saying. He is saying that he was involved in things early in his, his life and in his career that, you know, he was making a lot of money. He was doing really great things. But the, the streets, the, the, the thing that he was, the neighborhood, it would implode on itself. And so... You know, for those who are Black Equity Insiders, we talked a little bit about that on one of our previous emails that went out uh, about the the newest episode of Snowfall. About how there's some 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 weird things that are going on within the neighborhood and within uh, the community that as some people are making money, other people aren't. And it's something that is very noticeable that we have to address and so, with that being said, I'm addressing it. Dapper Dan is giving us wisdom. How do you know when you're involved in something you shouldn't be involved in? That's the second piece of wisdom. You know that you're involved in something you shouldn't be involved in if a few people are making money and everybody else is, is imploding on itself and it's being self-destructive and everything is falling apart. Because if you've built a a true community, a thriving community, everybody should be able to eat. Everybody should be making money together. Everybody should be able to say, wow, I'm I'm so glad we built this thing up. Why is it only you 10 people? Why is it only you five people? When you start selling crack and drugs to the community, you start killing your very customers and your clients. And that could be said for any industry in which the people that you're helping and progressing aren't getting there. It's only a select few of people and they're all going to be loyal to this one group of people because that's where the money is. People don't respect you. They respect the money. And as soon as the money dries up. Gone. Everything's gone. Because it was all built off of a, a fake reality. A fake reality of a community that doesn't exist. And Dapper Dan, that's the world he comes from. But then, but then that, that, that might explain wisdom number three. Wisdom number three is what everybody is here for. This is why you tuned in. Because why was Dapper Dan's name trending? Why was it trending? Why did it matter so much to the community? He's just a guy that works with Gucci. Why does it matter that Dapper Dan is on the Breakfast Club? Because Charlemagne goes head to head with him and starts talking about black designers and how there's 
there's no love shown to black designers like there are to white designers. And don't you think, Dapper Dan, that you could have worked with some of these black designers and made their thing pop over Gucci's? And my friends, that's where the game begins. That's when the fireworks happen. It's a very subtle firework. But Dapper Dan starts moving around in his chair. He starts getting louder. He starts feeling defensive. Like, no, I couldn't have did that. I wanted to go global. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. Then they start asking even more questions. Well, are you going to have your own fashion house? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my goal. That's my goal. I'm sorry, (laughs) y'all. I'm sorry. Here's what I gathered. Here's the third piece of wisdom. If you was going to do it, you would have already did it. If you was going to do it, let's get to it. If you was going to do it, you would have already done it. You already would have did it. Dapper Dan saying, well, yeah, I would have, yeah, I would have did this. I would have, yeah, I could have did that, but I wanted to go glow. You don't care about black designers. <laughs> you don't care about, you know, improving the culture. You want it to go global and make your money. You don't care. You have a, you, you probably have a wonderful story. You've probably probably done really great things in the community. I'm not saying you're a bad guy. I'm just saying from what I was sitting there listening to, the wisdom that came from me wasn't what you said. It was what you were dodging. Because if Charlemagne simply says, well, why don't you go work with the other companies? Then Dapper Dan would say, well, name them. And then he would name whoever he would name. Sean John, this person, Carl Kanai, all the great you know people uh, that came from the culture. You know, that some people will say Echo, but that's not really black owned, uh, FUBU, all these other companies. All these different brands. All these years Dapp- Dapper Dan has been in the game. We've been hearing his name. He's been in all kinds of rap records. And you haven't worked with one black designer? You haven't worked with one black company? Hmm. You know, Dr. Sebi was saying something. And just, just follow me here. He was saying the reason why no one reached out to him when he had the cure for uh, AIDS, no one reached out to him is because nobody in the black community really cared about the health of black people. Could it be possible that what Dr. Sebi was saying about Oprah and all the other people he named could be said about basically any other industry? Maybe Dapper Dan just doesn't really care. I mean, I've seen him on Vanity Fair. Let's look it up. I've seen him on so many platforms that weren't of ours. And from my understanding, he hasn't been on the Breakfast Club more than twice. This might have been his first time there. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to, really, y'all. I'm trying to understand. Look at this: Dapper Dan, New York Times, Vanity Fair, The Glow Up, The Rob Report, 
Fashionista, New York Post, New York Times, CBS News, Dapper Dan is everywhere but black America. He works with Gucci. And so, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's really the third piece of wisdom. Here's, here's, here's the underlining piece of wisdom. When you start asking questions to the very person that doesn't want you to know the answers, they will deflect. They will run and they will hide. That's what I'm learning from this Dabber Dan conversation. And it's all recorded. We can rewind it and play it back. Dapper Dan, you don't care about black designers. You don't care about black companies. You say you're going to have your own thing. You would have had it already. You are just making them pop. And they're using you as cultural relevancy. And in many ways, you showing up to sell your book. It's just a way to get Gucci back into the black culture. Mm. It's it's just a way for Gucci to reemerge inside of black culture like nothing ever happened. Because they have all these different programs that they put together. And they're going to, you know... Push it out. And something key he said when when Charlemagne says, Well what are, what what are they going to do? And here's what Dapper Dan says. <laughs> Dapper Dan says, Well, we did this and we did that. Oh, that sounds so familiar. Where have I heard that before? Back during slavery, when black people like me talk to the slave. They didn't kill him. They sent some old house negro along behind him to undo what he said. You have to read the history of slavery to understand this. There were two kinds of negroes. There was that old house negro and the field negro. And the house negro always looked out for his master. When the field negroes got too much out of line, he held them back in check. He put them back on the plantation. The house Negro could afford to do that because he lived better than the field Negro. He ate better, he dressed better, and he lived in a better house. He lived right up next to his master in the attic or the basement. He ate the same food his master ate and wore his same clothes. And he could talk just like his master. master. Good diction. And he loved his master more than his master loved himself. That's why he didn't want his master hurt. If the master got sick, he'd say, what's the matter, boss? We sick. When the master's house caught a fire, he Try and put the fire out. He didn't want his master's house burned. He never wanted his master's property threatened. And he was more defensive of it than the master was. That was the house Negro. But then you had some field Negro who lived in huts, had nothing to lose. They wore the worst kind of clothes. They ate the worst food. And they caught hell. They felt the sting of the lash. They hated their master. Oh, yes, they did. If the master got sick, they prayed that the master died. 
If the master of house caught a fire, they prayed for a strong wind to come along. This was the difference between the two. And today you still have house Negroes and field Negroes. I'm a field Negro. If anyone is going to build a black luxury brand, it's going to come through black equity. And even if it came through anywhere else, you're still going to have to come on black equity to discuss it. So I say, let's just go build our black luxury brands. We can build it all. I like what's going on out here in the culture, man. The thing that I'm seeing, I'm just so excited for all the great brands, you know, shout out to all the great people who are reaching out and wanting to be on the show. I'm excited for everything that I've seen come through, but I know there's more. So let's spotlight them all. Let's get them out there. Black Equity uh, is a is a great place for you to shine a light on your brand if you are interested in getting your name out there. Because obviously there's people from uh, older generations that don't see the work you guys are putting in. The work that I'm seeing people in their early 20s, late 20s, their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, it's across a huge age range of great black entrepreneurs and really just great entrepreneurs in general who just happen to be black. And when I'm seeing that in the game, I'm excited. But Dapper Dan, (laughs) Dapper Dan saying, hey, it ain't enough. You don't got global distribution. He's questioning global distribution. He's questioning if we would support the price range of a black luxury brand. And so instead of taking offense to it, maybe we should take it as a challenge. Challenge accepted. 